The US dollar is rising, bond yields are rising, not just in the United States, and the mix of trillions in stimulus, the question of more civil unrest in Washington, rising COVID numbers, rising inflation expectations too in the United States, and the possibility of more severe lockdowns in the UK and Europe. How is this all going to pan out? It's Tuesday, the 12th of January, 2020. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar is on the rise. It's up a third of 1% since yesterday. And, of course, it's been on the rise since the Senate runoff. The Aussie dollar has taken a hit. It's down 0.6% to 77.1 US cents. The euro down 0.4%. The pound losing 0.3%. Even US equities are down today. We've got a 0.8% fall in the NASDAQ and 0.4% fall in the S&P 500. They are, of course, falling from record highs. They can't go on forever. In London, the FTSE 100 lost more than 1% today. And the rise in 10-year treasuries has slowed a little, just at one basis point, but it did get up to 1.14%. The yield was the highest yield since March last year. And gold is back up again. Comex up 0.9%. And Bitcoin lost 20% today. I hope you didn't buy any on Friday. Uh, let's look at the uh, the weakness in the market, though, all of a sudden, in a, in a market that's... Uh, taken the blue wave obviously as a positive sign all that stimulus adding to the gdp uh, gavin friend is senior market strategist at nab in london uh, can we take any of this uh, down to the political uncertainty the fact that you know the democrats are there trying to impeach trump and uh, the question of whether trump's more ardent supporters might wreak more havoc uh, before the inauguration i mean i wouldn't have thought that materially changed as much as far as the market's concerned i'd be surprised if they're getting too focused on that or is this really just the, the question of the, the impact that trillions, trillions of, of stimulus is going to have coming down the road. Yeah, good morning, Phil. I think you're right with the latter, really. Um, as we, uh, you know, as, as interesting and as painful to watch as the scenes were last week in Washington, um, I don't think that's really uh, causing markets much uh, much of a disturbance they're really focused mm. on the move up in yields as you alluded to we, we heard in a speech from uh, president-elect biden on friday that he's talking about trillions um and uh, that's pushing yields up yes they've kind of petered off a little bit today but you know uh, they're above one percent on the 10-year in the u.s they'll likely go further in this sort of uh, era of price discovery because we don't yet know where the new range is going to be yeah. does it go to one and a quarter does it go one and a half does it does it fail um and because it's not confined markets. to the united states is it because we're seeing it around the world i mean aussie 10 years hit 1.12 percent yesterday which is the highest they've been since march yeah i mean there are idiosyncratic issues for everybody but uh, where the u.s leads others follow and mm. um that's going to be the way of it i think you know the, the the primary concern is is that the high yields add to some kind of you know tightening of financial conditions and that snuffs out part of the re- part of the recovery. Um, but of course, you know when you think about financial conditions, uh, you need to think about the dollar, which has eased something like eleven percent over the last uh, few months. Yes, it's a little bit higher, but very marginally. So overall, conditions are easier from that point of view, and conditions are easier from the the, the rise in equities that we've seen over the last uh, few weeks and months. And so, you know, from our point of view, I think it's it's questionable to think about uh, tighter financial conditions just yet. I think these markets on any on any day will pause and have reason to, uh, you know, slow the move. I'm, I'm, I'm sure we'll see days where yields will go again. Inflation expectations push up and um, and um, that seems to be playing across to a little bit of strength in the dollar. I think. 
you know, the uh, the rise in the dollar is more to do when you have days of, of, of risk off, you know, because that plays to the dollar. Days when it's kind of risk on and equities go up and the dollar goes up, I don't think, mm. you know, are days that we would see that as being sustainable. Um, but I think I understand that, you know, with all this talk of increased stimulus spending and however much, you know, Biden's got to play with and the idea that he will be checked in terms of doing more damage in terms of things like tax rises or perceived damage, tax rises and tighter regulation, what that might do in terms of being market negative because of, you know, the uh, the, the, the Senate filibuster rules. And I think that means that, you know, people would just see there's more spending coming down the pipe rather than hurt. Uh, and that keeps things going. And uh, mm. if that's the case, risk on um, ought to be good for the rest of the world. Now, I understand right now when you're thinking about all that and you're looking across, you know, to Europe where the, the rollout of the vaccine is very slow, people might be saying, well, maybe the US looks a better bet at the moment. I understand that that's going through investor, investor minds. I just I'm just not sure it's going to be sustainable because eventually Europe will get with the programme. And they still got other things which are potentially economic game changers this year, you know, which will yeah. hold them in good stead. Well, I mean, if you look on the short term, and I know it's all about looking, you know, looking beyond. But if you look at the the, the COVID numbers, obviously they are getting worse, and uh, you know they're, they're not doing well at all in the United States. So they may be rolling out the vaccine, but you know they've still got to get there. The UK is actually rolling out faster than the United States is now. But I'm looking at the uh, the Apple mobility data, which is showing travel in the US. Uh, sorry, in the UK is about 38% down from pre-COVID levels. In the, in the first lockdown, it was down about 60%. So firmer lockdowns are are, are likely in the, in the UK. So there's the economic impacts of that. But if you look into the United States, public transport's never recovered. But driving, which fell by more than 50% in the first lockdown, is actually now higher than it was before COVID. So if we wonder why why they're seeing the spread, it's because people are you know aren't aren't shifting their behaviour as much. They are uh, they're weary of the thing. That's very true. I mean, some of the data does suggest the numbers, the latest numbers, the daily uh, virus cases in the UK and the US. Potentially, we might be starting to see things kind of peak at a very elevated level, over 50,000 cases a day in the UK, 300,000 cases a day in the US, 400,000 cases a day mm. across Europe. I mean, these are very high numbers and it'll take a while for things to flatten out. You know, But we are starting to see, you'd think, the Thanksgiving effect starting to fade a little bit. The question is, how long is it going to take uh, between now and, you know, when the vaccine starts doing some good and for those numbers to really roll yeah. over? It's likely to be some, some a period of time and that'll keep markets on edge on any other given day. So what happens to the equity markets then? If we've got a bit more yield uh, happening in, in the bond markets, are we going to see, uh, could we see that the equity markets are going to come down a little? I mean, there's been quite a fall today. Actually, one of the big falls today is a 5% fall in the Twitter share price after banning President Trump. I'm just wondering what percentage of all the traffic is accounted for on Twitter. It was by Donald Trump, those who were retweeting him or those who were talking about him. You know, what, how, how much of a financial hit are they taking? But aside from Twitter, you know, the, the broader share market, are we going to see that starting to slide a bit now? Well, that depends how far yields go up and how quickly yields go up. And it depends um, on the Fed reaction function. I mean, the Fed is is mm. is is now under average inflation targeting, saying that uh, it's going to look through uh, higher inflation. It wants to see sustainable inflation uh, above two percent for a period of time. It wants to see 
Uh, it wants to get to a period where it's got full employment. It doesn't know right now where that is. It certainly isn't it's, it's where we are now. It's a long way from where we are now. And so therefore, it will be running through yeah. this to the extent that it needs to step on the move in higher yields, i.e. with something like yield curve control like the Bank of Japan is doing, where it can alter its QE buying or its asset purchases to the point to try and keep down some of these longer-term yields. That's that's entirely possible. Um, we, we, we'll need to see. I mean, it was interesting last week to see comments from Fiddy Fed uh, President um, Harker talking about tapering, perhaps, as far as he's concerned, he was speaking in a personal capacity, towards the end of 2021 or early 2022. I mean, that's... You know, at a time when inflation is, is 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 so low, and when, as we saw from the non-farm payroll on yeah. Friday, clearly the UK, the US economy needs more help. That's quite exactly. strange. When when people don't have when people are losing jobs, exactly, it's, it's, it's highly unlikely we're going to see inflation rising. I mean, there was a New York Fed survey showing uh, to add overnight showing fifteen percent of people expected to lose their job in the next year. Fifteen percent on top of those who have already lost the job, and out of those, only forty six percent expected to find another one. And that's why the Fed will, you know do as it said it will do it will look through this it'll make sure it'll mm. want to make sure financial conditions don't tighten too much but other than that there's no point in coming out with a brand new shiny inflation uh, regime and then not following it through blinking at the first sign of something going up we're not seeing what we're not seeing is inflation from higher wages which will drive good old-fashioned inflation in goods and services and that's really where you need to be and you know to that the fed wants to squeeze out yeah. that spare capacity that it still sees in the labor market there's a long way to go yet long, long there, way there is an yeah. associated dis- topic here about whether the fed wants to prick any asset price bubbles you know things like when you've got tesla stock doing what it's doing or bitcoin those kinds of things but again you know does the fed really care about cryptocurrencies <laughs> I, you know you, you talked you mentioned it in the intro you know well, that it, one's it, pricked falls 20% in one day that goes into bear yeah, territory yeah, yeah. I mean it's, now look it's, uh, talking about the Fed we've got Bostick, Brainard uh, Kaplan, Mester Esther, George they're all out actually overnight so maybe we'll have a clear idea of you know what the uh, consensus thinking is but uh, let's look uh, let's look over to uh, to the UK where you are uh, you know, obviously things not going at all well there. I mean, although, you know, there is the hope of the vaccine, obviously. But Silvana Tenreo, the economist of the Bank of England, we talked about her yesterday. She gave that speech overnight. Uh, and it does seem that uh, going negative uh, on interest rates, she does seem to think it's 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 doable. She was saying this, this is just her opinion, but she seems to think it would provide more stimulus and it wouldn't necessarily hit bank profits, mm, she reckons. Yeah. I mean, she does have a bit of a track record for supporting this particular policy. Um in fairness, she's saying look, it's important to maintain the option, keep it in the toolbox. I think Governor Bailey will be perfectly okay with that. He'll he'll support that view. She said that we've all been brainwashed into thinking they can't go there. It's not too late for for, for the UK to use them. Remember, the Bank of England is still conducting a review over whether the banking system can actually work with negative rates. That review won't be completed until uh, early February. Um, and I mean, moving to the UK, to your point, the UK economy has been hit disproportionately hard with a lockdown. It is so dependent on services, more so than most other economies other than the US. And so therefore, I mean, can rates go to zero from, from 10 basis points, a 10 basis point cut? Will it do much? I mean, certainly they could do 
I just don't I'm, I'm not at all sure well maybe if they get the vaccine rolled out fast enough maybe they won't have to look Aussie retail sales uh, yesterday they were fairly good numbers weren't yeah, they yeah so this were the final numbers for November up a very strong 7.1% uh, to be what 14% higher than the pre-COVID levels that's really thanks to the reopening of the Victorian economy where sales rose over 22% on the month they are also back now almost 14% above pre-COVID levels you know we saw um, strength pretty much across everything Um, all sort of sectors Black Friday sales Cyber Monday were clearly uh, contributors to this household goods up 13% um, strong strong demand for clothing and footwear, um, personal accessories, department stores, restaurants, takeaways. Mm. Um, the um, the popularity of, of, of uh, Black Friday and Cyber Monday does suggest that maybe we get a bit of a negative payback in December. But the anecdotes for December have been pretty good until we saw what those those shutdowns on the northern beaches and in Brisbane. So uh, we suspect that the shutdowns are pretty small beer, that Australia could or should be able to establish a more positive recovery path uh, quite quickly. So, uh, And the, the, the bringing forward of those of those vaccine rollouts into, what is it, late February now will help. Yeah, absolutely. But what about China? So we had, uh, there's a story in CNBC today saying that several cities in China have gone dark because there's not enough coal uh, because of the uh, uh, the ban on Aussie coal. So you could take two reads out of that. One is that, well, that's, that's good because they're, they're going to need Aussie coal. They're not going to be able to hold out. But it, it could also show the depth of the resistance within China. Uh, to to Australia and uh, those those tensions not easing. We've got Josh Frydenberg re- rejecting the Chinese uh, bid to buy pro build. Uh, we've got a weaker Aussie dollar today. I know a, lo- a large chunk of that is the is the stronger US dollar, but that these the, these tensions with China. I mean, they've got to be a rising concern this year, haven't they? Well, they've been a they've been a concern for some time, and they will remain so. One would hope that uh, you know. With the change of leadership in the US, those international tensions, we'll see. Yeah, well, that, those are certainly the easy things. Um, but you're right to the point about the Aussie dollar. You know, it's down primarily because of dollar strength. Uh, we think this is temporary unless we're going to go into much more risk averse markets, which is something that we're not we're not thinking right now. And therefore, yeah. you know, we're looking for the Aussie to pick back up again um, in relatively short order uh, and move back up to levels that we haven't seen for some time above 80 cents. Uh, good. Well, we look forward to that. Great to talk, Gavin. Uh, great to have you back. Happy New Year. We'll catch you again next week. Thank you. And you. Cheers, Phil. And that is how things are this Tuesday morning. I'm back with another edition of The Morning Call tomorrow morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. See you then.